Welcome to the Philo Sophia podcast. Join our hosts Trevor and Alfredo as they plumb the depths of philosophy, religion, science, and history. Learn with us and laugh with us here on Philo Sophia. Welcome everyone to Philo Sophia. I'm Trevor, joined by my co-host Alfredo. Alfredo, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. It looks like I talked to you, or it feels like I talked to you a day ago. Yeah, we did. Or, we recorded an episode a, a day. It was an absolute disaster. Can, can, can we even publish that? No, I'm. Is I, it publishable? I don't think so. The <laughs> your the internet was so bad, and I my I was I was losing my voice, so it was rough. But right. that you know that's all in the past. Tonight we are joined by a guest. Uh, the guest shows are quickly becoming my favorite kind of shows that we do because we get to learn learn from folks. Alfredo and I talk all the time, so we get kind of tired of of talking to each other. That's not true, actually, but... Thanks for letting me know how you really feel. <laughs> That's actually not true. I never get tired of talking to you, but we are we are joined by by Keithan, the heathen. Keithan, how are you doing? What's going on, guys, man? Glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, well, we're glad to have you. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, I, welcome, welcome. Our, our paths Thanks. cross in the Discord chat room for the brothers of the serpent podcast which is an awesome podcast which alfredo you haven't listened to yet or have you you know i came across it you sent me two of them and uh now that you put me in the spot <laughs> i guess i have <laughs> it, you know it, they're long i guess they're, i have no choice they're like two or three hours long they're two they're two brothers oh, who man. know each other so there's like a lot of inside that, that is great but once you get into oh, it that is it's great. amazing I, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. I, I just need, we try to make ours, what, 45 minutes. Yeah. Something like long. that. Somewhere around there that, yeah. for podcasts, yeah. podcasts go long. YouTube videos stay short, but anyway, so well, yeah, Ro- Rogan is like four hours. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Keithan, the heathen was talking about how he's wanting to start a, a, a YouTube, a podcast, and he was asking about equipment recommendations, and we started chatting, and I said, hey, what is your show going to be about? And he told me, and it was super interesting. So I think that's that's where I'll kind of turn it over to you. What what will your show be about, and, and what will it be called, and when do you think you'll start recording? Well, I'm going to try to start recording next week. Um, at least put one video out there that way. I, I'm already got a YouTube channel. I just don't have any videos on it, so welcome to subscribe if you want to but hopefully i'll get something up next week and it's it's heathen Um, heathen history right heathen history yeah nice yeah heathen history and what kind of topics uh, will you cover well i like ancient mysteries so um man like he's like you were talking about the brothers of the serpent they they really deep dive into the ancient mysteries and i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to go along that path just to see how it goes because you know, mysteries are, that's what got me into this stuff. That's what we always talk about on here is just, it's just stuff that's just mysterious. And, you know, none of the experts really know what's going on. And it's fun to talk about that stuff. You, um, you kind of gave me a list, a broad list of topics that you're interested in. And the one I would say central theme that they all were sort of related to was the younger Dryas impact and just that sort of right. alternative view of human history and stuff. So, um, I'll probably just turn it over to you to explain what that word even means. I mean, no, no, I don't think anyone listening's a geologist. We don't have to be 
too technical, but just, just what are the basics? And then Alfredo, I think you're kind of fairly new to this topic. So maybe you can sort of ask, you can represent the person who doesn't already know a lot about the younger dries. I'll, I'll, I'll represent the ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we don't have to deep dive in it too much. There's just, you know, certain pinpoints that you might need to know about it before I get started into like, uh, the ancient history part of it. But, um, yeah, like I said, this is, I don't, I'm wrong 90% of the time guys. So like you, like you said, no geologist in here. I mean, we're all going to be wrong until we finally get it right. You know? Yep. That's right. So, that's right. We got a chance now to that. I mean, human history ain't never had a chance like this before to use a thing. One man can ask the question and potentially millions or billions can help him answer that question. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think we should take advantage of it while we got it. You know, you know tomorrow's not promised. You know, there's all kind of, there's all kind of, um, conspiracies out there so yeah anything can happen yeah absolutely and so you're you're mentioning uh you know ask the question what what's what's kind of the question you're asking about the younger dryas and about human history um well i I guess i'll I'll try to get into it and i'll I'll go over younger dryas just a little bit and what maybe what we need to know, I'm going to start talking about the Bible here in a little bit and why the younger dries might have been recorded in the Bible. So we're talking about something that happened 12,900 years ago or around that time. And they know a catastrophe happened. They don't really know exactly what happened, but they know something happened and it killed off just about everything. So in, in the geology aspect of this, there's what they call the black mat. And like I said, I'm not good at explaining what this is. Um, but I, I'll try to, I try to do my job. I ain't got my notes. My notes are on my phone and I'm using my phone to, uh, you know, the podcast or whatever. So <laughs> I can't even refer to my notes in a little bit. So not, I'll try to do my best. We're not, we're not going to hold it against you. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> right. So if you haven't heard of um, the black mat, it's a layer that's normally around a foot thick, six inches to a foot thick, all across the northern hemisphere, um, some in South America, but in some places it gets up to six foot thick. And it's just a dark layer of sediment that is, well, they don't know what it is. They, they really don't know what it is. They know there's just, just a bunch of... Uh, dead animal matter and plant matter in it so they know something happened they just they just don't know what caused it and um yeah i'll let y'all talk for a second <laughs> like i said this is my first time so i'm gonna oh, never say no you're, you're this is great man so so basically it sounds like what you're saying is uh there's this layer that you can dig down to and you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to see a black, a thin black line. Actually, um, Alfredo, I don't know if you got this far in the show, but they talk a little bit about this in ancient apocalypse. Uh, no, oh, yeah. I finished yeah, it all. Oh, it nice. Really good. Do you, so do you remember yeah, yeah. that, that black mat idea? Yes. Yeah, nice. Yes. Yes. I mean, the best person to go to for any reference to this stuff would probably be Randall Carson. 
I mean, him and uh, George Howard with Cosmic Tusk and Cosmographia with Randall Carson, man, those guys, they go deep into the Younger Drives Boundary event. And uh, they they think maybe uh, Cosmic Impact is what caused it. And um, there is, they got good reason to believe that. So inside this layer, there's micro, you know, there's, they can test it for all kinds of things. So there's micro spherules. And these can only be formed by high impact events. And there's um, interstellar helium. There's micro um, uh, meteorites. So they know something, they know something happened that was basically some type of comet or asteroid or, or something, but they, there's no crater to be found there. So that's one reason why most of academia don't, doesn't want to go that route or follow that path because something that happened 12,000 years ago and that would cause a layer that, that broad and that thick, I mean, that you, you you have to see a crater somewhere. Just like, uh, let's see, Mount St. Helens in 1980 erupted, and they said the sky went black. For I think, I guess, I don't know how big of an area, but you can imagine, they thought it was the end of times. I mean, a lot of people were, were scared during this time, but uh, they said the sky went black, and it laid down a six-inch layer of black soot. And we're talking about in some places six foot thick wow. of dark black sediment that that rained down. You could tell it was rained down from somewhere. So, so there was an impact, and I wasn't researching this. I just, you know, I'm just interested in this kind of stuff, and was researching something else, and it kind of pointed me into the direction of what that black layer might have been caused from. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, yeah, I'll let y'all catch up right quick. Is there any questions about? I mean, I could get, I could go deep into a whole segment about what the younger drive is, but what? right now at this point, we yeah. we don't really need to get too far into it. Why do you think they're keeping it under wraps, like it's not mainstream? Like if we dig, we can find stuff, right? But why do you think overall? Uh, it's not really spoken about. Well, there's just no evidence, and most people just want pure, hand-me-the-hand evidence. And mm. everybody's got a lot of theories, but academia can't follow really follow a theory. They have to have evidence before they can, you know, everybody stand behind it. Right. I mean, I, I would say so that basically- for the most part would be why they do it. That's probably... Okay political reasons and other reasons that I guess we don't really need to get into, but you know, I mean, most people just want evidence. Now, one of the, one of the, the theories, because I mean, I guess there, there is evidence with the black mat that this big catastrophe happened, this big die off happened. One, One of the explanation or one of the ideas is that maybe a cosmic impact happened at the poles of the earth where it wouldn't leave a crater, right? Because it hit ice. I've heard right. that. Um, so what, 
what is what's significant to you? Like, what is interesting to you about that theory? Is it because well, of the flood that it would have caused? Well, at this point in time, there was a, a, a big impulse of water, and they don't know where it came from. So just the oceans were, there was a, a, a high, all of a sudden, surge of water that, they ha- that has to come from somewhere. And most people theorize that there were ice caps on the northern part of North America. And I've heard them say maybe up to two miles thick. Now, I don't know how true this is, but as far as the comic impact, no matter where it, something that big and that just, like I said, the layer it left across, it, wherever it hit, whether it hit ocean, whether it hit ice, whether it hit land, it, it was hitting dirt, it was hitting land. And it would leave a crater that would be unmistakable. Twelve thousand years later is not not a very long time when it comes to co- trying to cover something up. I know it is when you know uh, buildings and stuff from ancient history they're covered up in that amount of time. But you're talking about a crater that big. I just not. I mean, this may be just the way I'm looking at it, but uh, I think even if it hit the ice caps, there would be evidence unmistakable. So, so what does that make you think? Um, that I, I think maybe, like, I've heard the shotgun theory where maybe it wasn't just one impact, it was thousands or, you know, multiple impact. And to me, that, that sounds more, that sounds more like what the Bible says and I'm not trying to disprove the Bible or step on anybody's toes. I don't want to get political about the Bible or anything like that. But I just want to tell you my interpretation of it and why I think it has something to do with the Younger Drives boundary. Okay, yeah, absolutely. That sounds interesting. Now, um, okay, in Egyptian mythology, the main god of Egypt was Atum Ra, or they also called him Amun Ra, A M U N R A, or A T U M R A. And, you know, everybody, of course, knows Ra as the sun god. But ancient Greek historians say in Egypt he was adored as the principal deity of the Egyptian empire. He was originally two gods combined into one. Ra, of course, being the sun god, and the moon, meaning in the form of. Well, I mean, if you're talking about the sun god, well, what's in the form of the sun? And I'm I'm asking you guys this question. (laughs) (laughs) What's in the form of the sun? The moon? The moon, right. A moon or the moon in the form of the sun. Spheres. Uh, well, it's in the same shape as you know, right? Just about exactly the same shape as the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From here, from here. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So those are two deities: the moon and the sun. Those were mm-hmm. the main gods of Egypt, like I said. But they also 
combined them into one God as a tomb Ra. Mm. Okay. The letter T in Egyptian, we pronounce it as the letter D. So instead of being a tomb Ra, it's now said as a doom Ra or Adam in the form of Ra. The moon being in the form of the sun god Ra, Adam. Mother Earth who produces life and also in the form of the sun, whom the Egyptians believe birthed the sun and moon every day. The Egyptians believe that every morning the earth birthed the moon, I mean the sun. And then every evening she birthed the moon. So mm. she was Mother Earth, just like, you know, in a bunch of other cultures. And he also, and she also accompanies the moon every night with the evening. And that would be mm. considered Av- Adam's wife, Eve. Hence the word evening. Oh, God like created, God created Adam and Eve in his form. Adam and Eve in the form of God. Like I said, a tomb or a doom meant in the form of. So you're saying Adam in the form of God. Hmm. So that's that's what that's what I interpreted as Adam and Eve. But then, you know, if we just look at the broad the broad story of the of the Garden of Eden, you know, it's um it's Adam and Eve. They were created. Then what happens? I mean, you know, everybody knows the the serpent persuaded them to, or God told them not to eat from the tree of wisdom or knowledge, and the serpent persuaded Eve to get Adam to eat something from the tree of knowledge. And then, you know, God found out and he banished them Mm -hmm. from the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. So, um... Uh, yeah, I'll let y'all talk a little bit right now. Let me uh, go through these notes to get to my next part. Okay. So is that understandable? Or I mean, do, yeah, or no, do I need sure. to deep dive more into why do they you considered... Do you feel oh, like the Egyptian, myth- the Egyptian, I don't want to say culture, but the religion is the mother of all religions as far as... Uh, yeah, um, an alternative, an alternative to the common. As far as the middle, uh, as far as the Middle East part, I think mm-hmm. that yeah, Egypt was um was the the foundation of all those religions. Now, when we get to India and Asia, and you know Jap- Japan and all those religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we if we get that far, I can I can describe why those religions and those cultures and a lot of those places are older than Egypt. Mm. Yet the share yet share similar concepts. No. Yes. Yes. That well. My my research really dig, digs down when I go to talking about Atlantis and and where the location of Atlantis is. And mm. and that re- that, what, that what, really where is it? <laughs> I mean, I can tell you where it is, but yeah, man, you're I here. Mean, uh, 
Tell us. Yeah, I mean, but but explaining it, but explaining it is is where I have to have my notes, my slideshow going. You know what I mean? Because I have oh, to show I you. We're saying. I have so, to show uh, you because I can just say, "Okay, exactly? here it is," and I'll tell you. But um, unless you, you understand evidence. why, yeah, <laughs> unless yes, you understand why that place is. But anyway, yes, it's um, do. It, the, the, you know, Atlantis was an island. And we're getting off of the Adam and Eve story here, but we'll talk about, we'll talk about Atlantis. Um, that's, that's, Atlantis, that's our Atlantis was an island bigger than or as big as Asia and Libya combined or whatever. I think that's what Plato said. So, right. you're talk, so you're looking for an island that is well bigger than the United States, at least, you know, or two or three times as big. I don't know. Yeah. But you're, you're looking for an island that big. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Sahara Desert was an inland sea. Okay, mm. Egypt was the capital of Atlantis, but the re- the recount structure, remember how you say it, the recount structure mm. was the the ringed city. Now, when we read Plato, a lot of people when he when he's talking about the cities of Atlantis, they they put them together as one as one city but you don't know all we know is the words he said we don't know the tone you know we don't know where he's going to put a comma we don't know you know they didn't use transition words as, like we do as much as back then so he could be talking about one city and then stop and pause and talk about the capital city and then go back to the or maybe it was just mistranslated but mm-hmm. Egypt being the capital and the research structure being the uh, the ring city that everybody's always talking about. Right. Now, it was an inland sea that during this time, during this catastrophic event, unloaded all of this water into the ocean. And I think there's a reason for that. And, and you know, my uh, Adam and Eve story and stuff, all that led into this, but we can go whichever way you want to go with it. Well, uh, we we've talked to briefly about the re, the re, I'm not sure how to say it either. Rechat structure. We, I think we called it Eye of the Sahara to keep it easy. Um, right, right, yeah, yeah. That'll, uh, work. That'll work. So, so it's not, so we we kind of start. We we have like three things now. We have this this alternative view of, you know, what happened 12,000 years ago to flood the world and maybe reset civilization. And now we're talking about, we talked about maybe Egypt kind of being the, the archetype of all sort of, you know, future religions. And then that, that, uh, that there was more to Egypt civilization than just, Giza, there was Atlantis. Um, right, so, right. so how do you kind of connect connect the, those dots? Um, like, what do you what do you see as sort of tying all those different ideas together? J- just the fact that it points to this much older civilization that that we're kind of borrowing from for modern religions, yeah. or, or how, how do you see that all connected? Um, it was, it was the, yeah, 
it was the beginning civilization. At least for the Middle East, it was. Because something wiped. There was civilization all over the earth at one point in time. But something wiped them out. And there's evidence in South America, well, North America. I mean, there's just evidence all over the world of cultures and and people doing things that were almost impossible, especially for hunter-gatherers and stuff. And what and so, what what do you? Because uh, that's kind of an alternative view. Because most most people think, you know, Egypt was the oldest civilization, and it was inhabited by ancient Egyptians. You know, four or five thousand years ago. Not that it was a part of a worldwide empire inhabited by some other race of people twelve thousand years ago. So that's that's a pretty that's a pretty exciting well, I mean, idea. That- that's, I don't know if I'd say it was a worldwide empire because it was just Atlantis. I mean, that's that might be like saying the United States is a worldwide empire. There's other empires. Ah. The only one we the only one we have written testimony from is this one, though. Gotcha. Or that's the way I look at it. Like I said. We're all wrong sometimes, you know. <laughs> well, nobody knows, you know, so it's interesting. Right. So, um, <clears throat> okay, so so how, how do you see the younger Dryas being reflected in the Bible? You, you talked about kind of Adam and Eve maybe being echoes of, you know, much more ancient, uh, gods from Egypt, but how do you see younger Dryas? Okay, let's see. Which would be better. Uh, I guess we could talk about the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. So, if, like I said, if I have my, if I have my presentation ready, I could put pictures on the screen, but if you look at the Nile River, it was always reflected as the Milky Way on Earth or that the Milky Way was reflected as the Nile in the sky for one reason why they always said as above, so below. And if you look at the Nile River from above, you can see the mouth of the river, the trunk of the river, and the roots, what looks like the roots in the mountains all the way south. And if you look at it from above, it, it looks like a tree. And they still today, they reference rivers as this being the trunk of the tree, this being a branch of the river. So one thing, if you look at the Nile being the tree of life, because in that certain area, it gave them life. It flooded once every year and brought sediment down from from well you know the Nile runs south to north so it brought sediment down from the mountains from the south and just gave life to all the agriculture and everything around Egypt at the time and if you if you're talking about before the dynastic Egyptians got there then we're talking about 12,000 years ago when 
when the river in Egypt was all lush and green. Before the inland sea of Atlantis was drained. Mm. So if the Nile is the tree of life because it gives life to the Egypt civilization, then the Milky Way would have been the tree of knowledge. And you, you, have, you wonder why they, they call it the tree of knowledge. Well, back then, not many people were educated. So if you had a guy that could read the stars, that could tell you what time it is. Even during the nighttime, it could tell you what time of the year it is, when to plant crops. It, it, reading the stars back then or reading the sky, you were educated because it told you all you needed to know just about. So it would be the, the Milky Way would be the tree of knowledge. And one reason why it was looked as a tree, the Egyptians believed in the sky at night being like, okay, you're in a dark forest, but the sun's shining and you look up through the trees and you see the sunlight reflecting down through the branches and through the leaves, a real thick canopy. It kind of looks like stars. So that was one thing they thought of as the nighttime as the tree in the sky and the stars were you, you seeing the sunlight through flickering, flickering through the trees or through the leaves. I'm sorry. But the Milky Way was the branch or was the, the trunk of that tree. So that would have been the tree of knowledge. Okay. Now, the serpent, of, of course, I would, I at first thought it would have been a comet, and it, it still could be, but they also thought of the moon as being a serpent. And this might have come later after the, this event happened, but they might have combined them as one, but but I know after or uh, now in in their writings, they say they refer to the moon as a serpent because it sheds its skin every month and reveals its scales and reveals its scales um, on the full moon. That's interesting. Very much so. So if Adam or one of the great deities is a, is referred to as a serpent. That's one reason why they had the serpent on their on their um on their hats that that they wore, and then they had the rays of the sun as Ra surrounding that was uh surrounding their head. Mm-hmm. But it was also you know the way their hats were or those furs wore those things. They also looked like cobras. With the way their, with the way their their hats were designed, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, but anyway, if uh, if you consider persistence, persuasion, like if I persistently stay on you about something, I I might finally persuade you into doing something. And if you look at the etymology of those two words, they're basically I I got this stuff in my notes and I can't re- remember right off. But they basically come from the same words, persistence mm. and persuasion. Mm. So 
if something persistently whispered in Eve's ear or whispered in in the in the earth's ear, meaning every morning or every night it was there and it just never went away for a long time, maybe weeks, months, or years, like a comet coming and just taking a long time to get here. I mean, even if it was just weeks, that would be persistently persuading Eve. And then if mm. if she convinces Adam to eat from the tree of knowledge, then I could only assume that Adam or the moon was hit by a comet. Oh, that's interesting. I like that idea. Wow. So I, I, I hope I'm not jumping ahead too much, but it sounds like Maybe you're saying that um, the younger Dryas event could have been caused by something that happened to the moon, not something right. that happened to the Earth. Okay, and I mean, right, because we know the moon affects the oceans, so that's interesting. Right, and if you if you go by see, once I started seeing that a lot of the Bible is true, it's just maybe not interpreted right. Of course, you know, anybody can read the Bible and get whatever at the time they feel out of it, you know. But from what I've interpreted so far, some of the things that I've interpreted, I've found out they're more true than what people think. Just like they talk about Atlantis, and maybe not in the Bible, but Enoch talks about Atlantis. Mm. If If you've ever read the book of Enoch, he talks about going to Atlantis and he describes it and he calls it heaven. Oh, wow. Hmm. So, I mean, we could get on the book of Enoch one day too, but yeah, it's definitely, it's something we've definitely talked about before. Yeah. But if you, if you look at the moon, I mean, what color would you, would you probably think it was just by looking at it? White, gray, silver, silver. Like a, yeah, like a white or gray color. But in actuality, it's the color of your tires on your car. It's dark. It's just that much sunlight is reflecting off of it to give it that glow. So it's really a dark, dark surface on the moon. Mm. Mm. So if an impact would have hit the moon, then it would lay down sediment for. I mean, potentially hundreds or thousands or a thousand years, you know, you never know. With the low gravity in the moon, I mean, if something impacted it, I could imagine, I could imagine it falling for at least years. And so are are you suggesting potentially kind of blocking out some of the sun's rays and cooling the earth? That and, that and producing the black mass. Oh, making it all the way back to it. Okay, wow. Well, there's definitely craters on it. You can just look up and see. So yeah, and I've I've tried to to see how they dated some of these craters, and I, I I just don't know what what methods they're using, and and how can you date a crater when you're just looking at it from here? You know, I don't I don't know how they're doing it. You uh, you need a name for this this idea. I haven't heard it before. It's a lunar impact theory. Okay. 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 And so, uh, so that's kind of how you're tying in Adam, Eve, 
the Bible, the younger Dryas, and then I'm assuming Noah's flood is tied into there as well. I, I, well, I can't say that they're the same event, but now during the younger Dryas, there was a big event. And then a couple hundred years later, there was a sub, a, an, another event. So, you know, there's not much, there's not many generations in between Adam and Noah. I think there's only like 10 generations. So depending on how long you thought they live or you think that if the Bible is really saying they lived 900 years or 600 years or were they using the lunar calendar as years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's interesting. If you, go, if you go into the Bible, what does it also say in Genesis? It says that because of this, Serpents used to walk upright like man, but after this, he, God banished them to walk on their bellies for the rest of their life, for the rest of eternity. Right? Okay. If you, if you pitch, if you pitched it, cobras in Egypt. I mean, they they can be ten foot. I, I don't know how big they can get, but when I see them, they look pretty. They look pretty long, and. When they're walking, they're walking with their head about a foot or two foot off the ground. Right. So if the moon was closer at one point in time, that snake could walk eye to eye to you. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And maybe the Bible is telling how things really were. It would explain how they moved a lot of stuff, you know, back then. So... It, it, it was, How do you think and, they and Google plus, that stuff? And well, and plus the Bible says the waters came before before the flood. The waters came up from the depths. So mm-hmm. if you imagine the moon closer, then the tidal forces would be, you know, well, a whole lot higher than what they are because the, the tidal forces are not equal equally proportional to the distance. Of the moon, so like what I mean is like if the moon is ten foot closer, then the tidal forces would be like the moon was a thousand foot closer. So it really wouldn't have to be a lot closer to show big differences in tidal effects. So something hit the moon, changed its orbit, which we know happens. We just, I mean, they just did that test, that NASA test, where they hit an asteroid and changed its orbit. So that all checks right. out. And if, and then that had a huge impact at, on the oceans. Okay. And if you look at where we get our our um, mathematics from, uh, Babylonians and, and ancient Sumer, they had 360 as a year to begin with. Mm. And then it was changed. Then they added five days or four days or whatever. So I, I know the moon affects the speed and the rotation of the earth and the tidal forces, I, I just don't know enough to say, would it cause us to slow down five days a year? Right. Right. Well, wow. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. It's interesting because, um, the, the show ancient apocalypse, I mean, they place a big emphasis on serpent and, you know, serpent referring to, uh, asteroids or comets and things. So the idea that 
the word serpent could actually really be referring to the moon because of how it, you know, sheds its skin. That's a, that's a, that's a really interesting idea. Uh, well, I like at that. first I, I, I kind of didn't want to believe it. You know, I, I was like, you know, if something like that would have happened, there would be stories all over the world. I mean, if all the humanity saw a comet hit the moon, then every every culture in the world would have a myth about this. Right. So I kind of started looking in, and there's cultures all over the world that talk about a serpent eating the moon, um, the snake dancing with the moon, you uh, know, things like this. You ser- know what I mean? All over the world. Serpent mound. Yeah, serpent mound. Yeah, serpent right. mound. Right. And yeah. it... Yeah. The serpent wasn't the serpent wasn't considered evil until the um the Christian priest early Christian priest put the devil or or you know the serpent wasn't considered evil or the devil until early Christian priest put evil into the serpent. So in the beginning the serpent wasn't evil. So Adam being considered the serpent of ancient Egypt was not considered evil. He was the moon. But did they combine the serpent with the moon after that impact? Or was he considered the serpent before that impact too? Right. Man, that's, that's pretty interesting stuff. I, I, uh, I hate to kind of derail us here, but that, that 45 minutes kind of flew by. <laughs> I can't believe oh man. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, so, so typically we, we, we try to stick to about an hour total. So, so interview 45 minutes and then Alfredo and I will do like an intro and an outro. So, so we'll, we'll stick to it and, and we're probably going to have to have you back at some point in the future. Cause it sounds like you were just getting warmed up, but before we go, um, tell us again, uh, about the show you're starting and get, you know, you've given us a pretty big intro into the type of stuff you like to talk about, but if there's anything else you want to share about your interests or the show, please do. Um, the show is called heathen history and it's going to be on YouTube starting out and it's just going to esoteric, um, mysteries, ancient history, just, I, I'm just fly by the seat of my pants, I guess, you know, and see how it goes. Hey, that that's what we're doing. So yeah, that sounds awesome, man. Well, <laughs> well, Keithan the Heathen, I'll I'll see you around the discords and uh, in the yeah, chat man. room. Thanks it's for good talking to you guys. Thanks for staying up late and Likewise. coming last minute. That was minute. really good. Yeah, right, that was really good. Thank take you. It, take it easy. All right, man. All right. Well, that was that was cool. Yeah, that was that was fun. I like I like the snake and the moon and how he shed skins and Atlantis. He was right about Plato, though. There's a lot of writings, but they never pay attention to him. In fact, he he said what Plato said: Atlantis is located beyond the Strait of Gibraltar, which is uh, yeah, South Spain, Portugal, so an island over there. And it was you know it's it's all. Uh-huh. I was just going to say, and it was Plato's uh, ancestor, uh, Solon, I believe. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying mm-hmm. that right, but he was the one who kind of passed that information down 
to Plato and he had really right. specific information about the concentric circles and the size. And, and so a criticism of the eye of the Sahara is that it's just way too big it compared to Plato's mm. description. But other than that, it's perfect as a southward opening. It's in a, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I like the, f- nobody knows. He, I like the fact that he, nobody knows. And I like the fact that, uh, he knew his stuff, like a lot of stuff. He, he was, he was right. Yeah. So the similarities and uh, sediments and uh, um, yeah, and 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 it just kind of points out how cool it is to just escape from what you know and dive into something else. You know, like yeah. hey, what ifs? The what ifs. So, and he sounds like he's passionate about it, um, which is awesome. That's is, uh, we always welcome people who are passionate about their their purpose. That's the best part. I mean, we we want to talk to anybody who's who's passionate. I mean, not you don't you don't have to be you know, you don't have to be a a geologist to have an opinion on stuff, you know. Now, and you don't have to be right. If you are a, ge- a geologist, we'd love to talk to you. But, but or if you or if you're right, yeah. most of the time that's great. Yeah. But most people <laughs> that's aren't. important, but well, we try to be right, you know, yeah. uh, on, on a lot of things, but a lot of the times we're just uh, speculating, you know, or just we are c- curious. I think the one thing we and can I be, love that. The one thing we can be sure of is there's a lot more going on than the traditional view of human history. And Egypt was a pretty amazing place. And it was probably an amazing place long before we think it existed. You know, it was probably an amazing place 10,000 years ago. And it's not totally unreasonable to think the people who built the pyramids could have built other cities and other structures relatively Mm -hmm. close. I mean, the eye of the Sahara is far on foot, certainly, but I mean, they were getting 80 ton blocks from hundreds of miles away to build the pyramid. So it's not unreasonable. Yeah. How? It's not unreasonable to assume that they could have had multiple settlements and they could be much much older oh i love i love that idea i like that idea yeah yeah through sound i well we've talked about the power of sound and if it's in the right way in those chambers yeah where they measure the frequency resonance and how the healing power of sound and i yeah it's been neglected for you know how i feel about that yeah but it's embedded in everywhere it's frequency frequency and and i get the impression how how else man I get the impression that they understood those types of technologies a lot better than we do. I mean, they didn't have electricity probably. Right. I mean, there's ideas that maybe they did, but they probably didn't do have Do you think that. there were UFOs? Sorry to interrupt. Do you no. think they probably had UFOs back then? What do you mean by that? Like like ancient aliens? They, ex- they, they existed. The UFOs existed back in medieval, t- like back in ancient times. Like the same type we were talking about with Kurt last yeah, time? Yeah, the ones that we see right now. Not the balloons that they shoot down. No, not those. But the actual... Yeah, like the, like the golden bricks. I sure like to believe they did, man. Because that completely... I think so, man. It completely rules out you know, secret military programs if they existed four or five, well, six, seven thousand years ago. They are... Yes, there are some paintings. I think medieval times yes, or yeah, a bit yeah. later than that. That have you seen it? No, that but I've heard of the this painting story. of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a and there's a UFO in the background, 
and the painting is about Christ's birth, or the birth of Christ, and then there's hovering in the back. Oh man, doesn't look like a comet. It looks like a like a disc. Well, and there's all and sorts it was painted of, so long ago. There's all sorts of references to lights in the sky. I mean, even the star of of yeah. Bethlehem is you know that's a light in the sky. So. Some people say it's a comet. Very true. You know, it's a it's a comet. Some people say there were angels conglomerating yeah. in one spot. I mean, it's up it's up for the bait. If you could go back to any time in history, when when would you go? What a great question. I can be egocentric and just think about me or narcissist and just think about me where I can have the best time of my life. <laughs> uh Okay, where would, you know, when would or, that be? Or I can go back, or I can go back and just think about what's betterment for humanity. You well, know, no one's going to believe they, you, so they, you're not going to help anybody. Hypothesis. Well, I, maybe I can just jump over and reach for Eve and tell her, "Don't eat from that." <laughs> you know, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Let me get that apple from your hand. Don't be dumb. Don't do it. So you will all die. And then, and as soon as I get it and I grab it, I'll, I'll disappear like Marty McFly. <laughs> I never existed because nothing happened after that. So that's the time. So you're taking I, the story. Wanna, you're taking the story literally. Then, the Garden of Eden. Well, you asked me. Okay. No, I'm just. Well, yeah. 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 I like. If that. I could choose a point in time, I'll go back to that time. Oh, yeah. That's good. I didn't. I didn't think about that. I think I'd want to go. I I can't tell you the time because I don't know when they were built, but I would want to see the pyramids getting built. Dude, that would be awesome. Or Peru or Mexico. Yeah. Some one pyramid. Just give me one pyramid. How do you cut those stones so precisely? Like what do you use? No, I want to see how they move things. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And uh how disappointed would you be if it's just thousands of people in butt flaps and sticks? At that point, no, it, 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 no, it's impossible. It doesn't. Yeah, make sense. I would. It, it no, really doesn't no. Make sense let's 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 say I I let's say that's true, and I'm truly disappointed. I'll just uh, I'll just stay there, and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a I'll joke. Just, uh, I'll, I'll just raise a family. <clears throat> huh? There's a joke by this comedian. He's named Nate. I want to say like Bergatzi or something. And he's like, if I went back into the past, I don't think I could convince anyone from the I'm from the future. I'd go back to 1920, and they'd say, "Okay, who's the That's next true. president?" And he'd be like, "Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you guys had Abraham Lincoln yet?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I just end That's up getting funny. a job as a waiter. Exactly. You end up like a normal, just normal, normal, whatever normal was back then, right? Yeah. Well, that that was fun, man. Hopefully, folks listening, you're you're having some ideas when you listen, and you're thinking maybe maybe I know enough to go talk on that show with these guys. We're just guys. talking. We're not asking for resources. We're not asking for evidence. <laughs> give me your. Give We're me not your asking about you. We're not asking for your credentials. Just if you're passionate about a topic that you think it's it's it it could be real, and that you see enough connections. Yeah, man. You're more than welcome. That's Wherever it. you're at. That's it, man. Wherever you're at. Well, yeah. I think that'll do it. What do you think? That was fun. All yeah, right, that man. was fun. I love that. As always, thank you for joining me. All you listening. Oh, thank you. Thanks for yeah, joining. Let's, let's, yes. And uh, follow us on Instagram at our underscore philosophia. Visit our website at ourphilosophia.com. 
and shoot us an email. Uh, all that information's on the site. Buy some merch while you're at it. Uh, have a good one. Get a mug. Get a cup of coffee. Get a mug. Have a good night. Get a mug. Get a mug. Come on. <laughs>